Yup. And welcome back to Talking Knicks. June 4th, we're recording June 3rd. Uh, Tough week and a half uh, for the country. I I kept saying around the world when I was saying a line like that, but it's not. (laughs) That's one of the crazy things. It's, It's... America, and uh, we're we'll hash some of that out with the guys. Um, if you've heard me on different forums, you've heard some of my thoughts, but you haven't heard it from some of the other guys that we we're joined by: Big Baby David, Greg Poon, Ken Poon, Tom Piccolo. We've got the whole crew, and we will talk some Knicks. Um, their season is officially over, as voted on today. Uh, we'll talk about kind of what that means going forward. Any coaching leads. Uh, let's do it, guys. Let's, let's talk. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Big Baby David, you're right on that one a little bit. Uh, guys, how are we doing? Welcome back. Uh, tough, tough to, tough to address the topics, um, it might be tough. Kenny just spilled his drink on his computer, I think, which uh, kind of un- unbelievable timing there. But uh, guys, uh, how we're doing? How how we doing? I'll send it around. I'll go to Tommy first. Um, uh, how are you, Tom? What's going on, man? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm doing okay. Doing all right. Um, yeah, yesterday I was fortunate enough that my, my company – gave us the the day off to kind of reflect and uh, educate ourselves and sort of get involved in the community. So that was good. I, I did get a chance to go to uh, Fairfield's protest that we went all the way up and down Main Street, went to the, the town green, kind of right in front of town hall there. And uh, yeah, it, it was good. That was a good experience. There were hundreds of people that came out. There was a lot of chanting. I kind of lost my voice a little bit, but um, I mean, overall it was like a it was a pretty profound experience and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know how much of this we're going to, going to get into, but um, no, I'm, there, there's a lot to talk about here though, for sure. Yeah, man. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. I, uh, I've, I've been, I guess, lucky enough to talk about it on John Boy Jake radio, talking Yanks, talking baseball. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, a, a lot of us, grew up together i'll single out big baby david he did not um but uh it's it's tough to really appreciate it and uh yeah you know i saw people getting mad about some of the social media stuff blackout tuesday and like yeah you're kind of right like at the end that doesn't do a lot but it does show unity and you know use that energy going forward um and it was it was good to see you hit the streets and it was nice of your company to allow you to do that uh tombo um greg poon i'll go to you it looks like your brother ken is still struggling a little bit with the drink he spilled on his computer to start the episode i'm doing all right jake i mean i don't think i don't really think anyone can say they're doing good right now um like you said uh, a lot's going bad in the u.s and it really is a global issue not not even i mean a lot of people are protesting all over the world but there's also still a pandemic going on throughout yeah. the world so that's the that's still a thing that's not not going away anytime soon so yeah it's a, it's a struggle i've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people recently trying to figure out what uh what the best avenue to handle things is and how to really just think about stuff just because you know a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's just you can't even fathom you know, there's a lot of people with points that you can't not, not even that you disagree with them, that you just can't even understand where they're coming from at all. And so there's a pretty di- big disconnect in the in the country right now. So tough break. Yeah. I mean, we got to we got to figure that out eventually, I guess. Yeah. And that's a, a, a big thing I, I try to always do is try to put myself in other people's shoes. And you're right. I mean, there's some you can't you can't even. And that's uh, been one of the things. And, you know, it it comes off a little douchey, but I've basically all, any of my like drunk college stories, crazy nights, um, they end a lot differently if I was a black person or person of color. And it's, uh, it's, it was really eye opening for me. And I, 
you know, I've had a lot of people DM me and stuff and say like, wow, like that actually spoke to me. And it's, I, I mean, part of it sucks that that's like the position I have to talk from, but that's also my experience. And, um, you know, it, it's crazy. Drew Brees is getting, you know, kind of canceled online right now because he, he's kind of missing the whole point. And that's, uh, I don't want to say it's a good thing. Um, cause Drew Brees has also done a lot of good in new Orleans, but um, it's kind of like it maybe it'll help get the point across to other people that like, yeah, you can want to support America. But there's also a lot of bad stuff in the past, a lot of bad stuff going on right now. And uh, having the conversation is a part of it. And uh, Big Baby David, you've seen me having a lot of conversations over the past few days. Yes, I have um, been there for, for a few of your comments. Um Personally, not not the best timing for me. The other guys might might not be aware. Lost a tooth recently, uh, and I'm an adult now, so that's not a it's not good news. I'm not gonna not gonna get any money from the tooth fairy for it. Yeah. Uh, dentist appointment next Tuesday. Um, also, my boss didn't give me the day off, yeah. um, so I didn't attend my town's protest. and said I was on. Uh, uh, on a on a bigger platform where we actually talk about it and like people care, and it's not just like kids pretending we're helping to ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's weird. anyway weird on social media the number of people just like very willing to tell on themselves for not agreeing with what's going on. Like I don't yeah. know if I disagreed, I feel like I would uh, like extra not say anything. Not that people who aren't like posting stuff all the time inherently don't agree with like the general tone of the movement, but, uh, but it's weird the amount of people that, that are just like getting combative from the other perspective. Um, it's uh, weird times. Yeah. And, and the Instagram I mean, thing, uh, like, like I get the people saying like, yeah, posting black squares doesn't help my counter to that one, which I've kind of meant to say all day, but never, never did. Cause uh, I forgot to, um, was like i don't know the instagram thing like it shows the unity and obviously like you don't want to use the hashtags and stuff and like bury like information stuff like i don't know like i wouldn't normally post on like my normal instagram so like my personal ones it's like i don't know it's like it's not just taking away from other stuff it's like actively adding something to it was the way i saw it um i understand the people who were like this is stupid. Doesn't help. It's like it, it doesn't literally do anything. But I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, and like and social media stuff aside, like as far as the central issue here, there really is only one right side to be on, and, and that's the side that condemns racism, right? And, and more specifically, it's it's the side that rejects targeting and, and police brutality towards Black people specifically. And and I think a lot of people who have a problem with the way these protests are are taking place. Um, is they're, they're considering the looting and the destruction of property to be the primary issue when it's actually just the result. Um, and in terms of looting, it, like it is, it is more complicated than, than they're showing on the news. Like, first off, I know for, we're seeing a lot of cases where it's actually the police instigating violence and not allowing for peaceful protests. Um, and in those cases, the looting is a result of, of the police's excessive use of force. I'm not saying that's the, the norm. I'm saying those, those cases have happened. And then there are other cases where, where we're seeing some people, typically a, a vocal minority, taking out this misplaced aggression uh, by destroying it property and stealing. Um, and, and there actually have been videos of, you know, like people and a lot of black people physically stopping them from vandalizing and from looting. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, as far as the black people who have been looting, you have to look at it from, from their perspective, like you said, Jake. Like, they are sick and tired of waking up every day and fearing for their lives. And, and it, we're in the middle of a perfect storm here with, with the coronavirus and the financial unrest and everything and, and, our, and the, the poor leadership at the top who are starting at Trump and coming all the way down. Like, I mean, I, honestly, I'm tired after just, like, 48 hours of being vigilant about this, you know? Like, right. I, I'm, I'm waking up. Like, I was at a protest. I I'm, I was physically exhausted by the end of it. And, you know, that, that's kind of what we're fighting against here is sort of losing that, that, that momentum. And, and there have only been a few times, you know, in, in our adult lives where it's felt like we've had this kind of 
momentum. I'm, I'm thinking of like Occupy Wall Street. There was some of the energy there. Um, I want to say around Ferguson, there was some some energy there too. But this does feel different than anything I've experienced in my life. So I, I'm hopeful. But I, like I said, it, it's not gonna. We're not gonna flip a switch and it's gonna be fixed overnight. Like this is gonna be a slow process. We're gonna be digging up some really some really long roots and uh, you know let's see where we are in, in two weeks, in, in eight weeks, yeah. in six months, in two years, you know, like it, it's going to be, a, it's not going to be like one sprint and all of a sudden there's a social media campaign and we're done. Like it's going to be a, a long, long haul here. Yeah. And I, before we kick it to Kenny, who I, who I think is, is ready, uh, big baby David, something funny, uh, that you were saying in there was the, the hashtag thing from blackout Tuesday was make sure you're doing that instead of black lives matter. And just think of why we had to do that, because the Black Lives Matter hashtag is being used for like black people being assaulted and killed and things like that. So it's like, hey, let's use a different hashtag to get away from that uh, to not get that lost. And like the fact that that's going on is insane. And like Tom was saying, my uh, one of my more powerful lines I've stumbled into the, the past couple days is the first box, the first box where every conversation should start is are you okay with black people being killed for no reason? Um, and then make your move from there. Um, and then the other stuff, the looting, police officers, everything else comes after that. And we care, you know, about those people, but we've got to deal with this first because it's unacceptable. Kenny Poon, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm about as good as, as one can be given the times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Tom... Um, touched on a lot of the the points that I was thinking about and specifically you know the the fact that you know I'm generally a non-controversial guy and I don't think that there's any controversy in saying that you know what happened was bad and racism generally is bad and police brutality is bad I don't think that there's any controversy in saying that some people might disagree and I also agree to the point that you know um, a lot of people a lot of people in the media, a lot of people, you know, on the internet are conflating the issues of police brutality and, you know, then the looting and rioting and things like that. But those are two, in my mind, two distinct issues. Like I can, I can disagree with looting and rioting. Uh, like Tom said, maybe there's underlying reasons for that, but I can disagree with looting and rioting, but I agree with the protest generally. And I agree that the, you know, general police brutality that that has happened you know the course of the country's history and uh and has been so visible in the last you know since since we started quarantine has been you know a few instances that have been you know just appalling and um i don't think it's it's controversial to say that and to the extent that um anyone thinks that that is controversial you know i, I would challenge you to 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 at, tell me why because like if people are being killed on the streets you know regardless of what has happened, what they have done, what they've been accused of doing, like they shouldn't be killed in the streets in those instances. And having seen that video, you know, there is no reason for it. There's no excuse for it. And, you know, it's just, I, I think it's pretty easy to just come on and say that's wrong, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I mean, all the, you know, I, I kind of live on Twitter for uh, whatever my career has turned into. And I mean, there was, you know, and it's still going on. I mean, every night, before I go to bed every morning I wake up and then throughout the day you see these videos that I mean the video from Philly of of the people that were protesting on the highway and then the police like trapped them and gassed them the helicopter floating over people outside of the Capitol building I mean these look like crazy scenes out of movies and they're happening here um and it's uh it's it's scary and it you know if you are scared if you are uncomfortable know that that's that's kind of good that means you just get more involved have conversations have conversations with people who don't look like you um and yeah just just try to get different perspectives i know um you know i i give we all give big baby david crap for being young um and when you know you just learn more stuff as you go and if you're still kind of not getting it and this has kind of been my biggest thing that you know, like people have told me they're proud of me to say this because I, I think there's some people that can't. But like I was an all lives matter person because that made sense in my head. I was like, yeah, you know, we're all equal. Let's treat everyone equally. That's that's good. Right. But 
All Lives Matter is the goal. And to get there, we need Black Lives Matter because they're not being treated equally at all. At all. And, you know, Marcus Stroman, he's a pitcher on the Mets. He had a good one. Uh, it was a cartoon with houses. And, you know, two neighbors are talking and they say, hey, you know, all houses matter, right? Um, and they say, yeah, but one of the houses on fire. And they're like, well, you know, let's let's deal with that house first. Because, uh, yeah, all houses matter, but one's getting burnt to the ground right now. And, Ken, like you're saying, I mean, if you're concerned with, you know, looting, looting and rioting, um, if you're concerned with police lives, like I, I think we should be, um, we, we have to address other stuff before we get there. And it's kind of like a chain effect almost. So, um, and, and people are asking, and, you know, a lot of people are like dumb 15-year-olds with, you know, the Twitter egg picture just trying to provoke something online. Uh, and there's so what are you really doing? What are you really doing? Go figure it out. Go figure out what you can do. If you if you have some money and you can donate it to a cause, find the cause you want to donate it to. If you can protest, I think the the murder charges got raised to second degree from third degree today. Um, you know, uh, get we've got some voting going on. Get involved in the voting um, and then maybe f like figure it out for you. I, I know, you know, John Boy Media has big plans to get involved in the Bronx and, and do some things around there. And we, uh, you know, we, the company also donated as a whole. So, you know, and you guys are an extension of that. So, um, it, it's too late to be playing the, I don't know what to do card. It, you know how to Google, you know how to YouTube stuff, like get, get involved, educate yourself and, and just try to be better. Cause we have to, we have to, um, yeah, and one important thing to note, I think, is that the we've seen evidence that the peaceful protests weren't effective, right? Like the, the Colin yeah. Kaepernick thing is the one that's often pointed to, and it was not met with any kind of uh, acknowledgement or understanding um, from opposing parties. So, you know, like you said, Jake, this has yielded results. All four of the officers who were involved uh, in George Floyd's killing are now facing charges and, and the, the officer who actually murdered him uh, is his charges were upgraded. So there have been tangible results here. And so, you know, it, it's hard to, to fault the, this, this population of people who are just so angry and who have, who have been through so much um, for, for some of these violent uh, tendencies. And, you know, I'm not condoning them in any way, but at the same time, like it is, the protests are generating a lot of conversation and a lot of awareness and that, and that's, that's a lot of the goal too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then going back to the Drew Brees thing, um, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about another quarterback, uh, the scene and remember the Titans when uh, sunshine is trying to get Petey to go to the diner with him. And um, Petey says, you know, we're not allowed in there. And he says, what do you mean? Let's just go in. And then they get kicked out. And so, you know, Sunshine says, sorry, I didn't know. And Petey says, you know, what do you mean you didn't know? I told you. Uh, he don't want to know is what he says. So, you know, there, there's a, definitely a problem. A lot of people in this country just live in another world. So they, they don't know that it's there. And it's, you know, that scene resonates more and more with me nowadays. I, I have a story uh, kind of going based off of what Jake gave his his historical story and how you know that went where it went and you know if you guys don't like this BBD can cut it out or whatever but um, I've I've only ever told this to one person that's my my ex girlfriend but previously um, in in New Haven like when I would go out and get food like I'm racially ambiguous a lot of the times and a lot of times I'm unkempt because I like to do things like grow out this mustache and grow out my hair and things like that and I would have to go and pick up food. And whenever I would do that, I would always, because usually in the house I'm wearing like very loose fitting clothes and loose fitting uh, hoodies and stuff. And whenever I went to do that, I would put on, you know, a nicer shirt and like well-fitting jeans just to look a little less sketchy. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare this to anything anyone else is going through. I'm just saying that this is like a one, one microcosm in the situation where, you know, this is a much smaller thing for me to have to deal with, but this is something that other people go through, you know, 
on a much larger scale every day. And that's just like something that normally I don't think anyone would realize. And I, I've never told you guys that like, it's not something that's like a conscious thing for me. But one time my ex-girlfriend asked me about it and I was like, Oh, I just want to make sure like I look presentable just so just in case, you know, I'm walking down, no one thinks that I look sketchy and or anything like that. And it's like, maybe, maybe that's something that other people are dealing with, you know, on a much larger scale. And people just have to realize that because no one's, you know, like Greg said, they've been told, but no one really realizes it. So, I mean, that's my story. If it, if it helps anyone relate, you know, there it is. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, thanks Ken. And yeah, man, like all pr- pretty much all of my college drinking stories. There's one that ends with me, uh, running around the streets of New Britain, uh, with a gasoline canister. Um, there's one that ends with me in the back of a random person's car and, you know, they, they all end differently if I'm a person of color and it's, uh, it's crazy. And like Greg said, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of movie scenes or TV scenes, um, you know, we're going to look back at, and I'm already looking back at like, God damn, you know, we, we missed it or thought it was just a scene in a movie when, uh. It's been very real. It's been very real for a long time, and we have to be better. I just started watching uh, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Um, I never watched it. And uh, still in the first season, it's it's good. I mean, I never doubted it. Um, but uh, it's, I, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. The, uh, what's, what's Kimmy's roommate's name? Titus. Titus. Titus uh, gets a job as the <laughs> as a waiter at like a, a place where they sing and they present food, and he's dressed up as a werewolf, and he stays in the werewolf costume because he gets treated better around New York City as a werewolf. And uh, again, I mean that episode came out what? Uh, I I have no idea. Ten years ago, six years ago, five years ago, and you know we we thought it was just like a up. Uh, a funny Tina Fey joke, like black guy not getting treated fairly. And it's like, no, like this, this, this shit is real. So, um, I don't know. Try if you're not getting it, try to open your eyes more and try to get it. Cause I promise you, uh, one day you will, or you'll, <laughs> or you never will. And you're a racist. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so just, just look into it. I, I don't know. Does anyone, any closing thoughts? Do we want to jump to, Kind of the Nixon Dolan statement. Sorry, Kenny, didn't like your story. It's out. <laughs> fair. That's fair. It got it got <laughs> clipped. Um, let's let's jump into Nick's land a little bit. And unfortunately, this is somewhat of an easy segue. Um, because as teams were coming out with their uh their statements and and a lot of them are word salad, which is a new favorite term of mine that I stole from Lindsay Adler, who was a beat writer for the Yankees. And, I mean, it's been out there before. It just wasn't in my vocabulary. Um, but a lot of the teams just put out words out. You know, we won't stand for this. And that's not our organization. Move on. Some teams did put out some impactful things. Uh, the Knicks did not. And the first thing that came out, uh, I believe Pablo Torre leaked it, was a email from inside the organization um, which said, like, you know, we we don't comment on this kind of stuff. We have to think about things. And, it, I mean, it was just everything that's that's wrong with the Knicks, seemingly. Uh, Tom mentioned top-down organizations and how they function or, or how America's functioning. And uh, Dolan kind of put on an exhibit with that. And then he followed it up the next day by saying, you know, we don't condole racism, which is like, oh, good. It just took you 24 hours of getting berated by the Internet to figure that out. So, um, Tom, uh, thoughts? I mean, there are very few organizations that did an exceptional job in their response to this. I think a lot of, a lot of teams and a lot of brands did kind of the bare minimum and, and like, like you, you put it as word salad, but just sort of, uh, general platitudes, just things that, that don't have, that don't have a ton of meaning, but at the same time, it's very easy to do that. It's very easy to put that out and just remind people like as an organization we are on the right side of this like let's leave no doubt it's it's just such a simple thing to put out there and it is unfortunately needed at this time like 
if you look at at the brands who actually killed it, I don't know if you guys read Ben and Jerry's corporate statement that they put out. I, it was, I did not. I I saw I saw the tweet. There's a funny Twitter tweet that followed that that was uh <laughs> like all it was making fun of the generic corporate statements. And then it was that Ben and Jerry's came out with a new ice cream called Fuck the Police, and it's got blueberries in it. <laughs> I saw that. I, I did see that. I mean, th- their their statement was unreal. It was just so thoughtful and, and to the point and, and strongly worded. Um, but not so few organizations were able to pull off something like that. But that wasn't the standard set. It was really just just Ooh, take a stand. Something. Just do something, take a stand, be heard, and and join the conversation because that's the bare minimum. And the Knicks, you know, Dolan wasn't willing to do that. The Knicks weren't able to do it. And you just wonder, I don't know what, I know Steve Stout was like supposed to be the branding expert. I don't know where he was in all this, but like, shouldn't he have been in Dolan's ear? Does he have any agency whatsoever? Or did he lose it when he went on first take? I don't know. Um, it's disappointing, bottom line. Like it's disappointing. It's not the end of the world because like, I don't know. It's not like they were going to say anything groundbreaking. It's just another disappointment in a long line of disappointments. Yeah, and it's funny that you said that a lot of teams with their statements did the bare minimum. So, evidently not. Hmm. The <laughs> there was an even Knicks lower bar. Even do that. The, Knicks, yeah. the Knicks did the bare minimum, which was nothing at all. And I, mean, the only, and I think the only other team that didn't, like, release an official statement is the Spurs, but, like, Greg Popovich does his own thing with all that. I don't don't know if they're just saying like that counts for ours. Well, Bob's on a media tour right now. I don't think that counts for the Spurs though. So so the Spurs are also still doing a bad job. So good, good job, Knicks. Knicks bad bad as the Spurs. Well, yeah. And Pop was on a Steve Kerr's podcast and like talked about it for like an hour and a half or something. Um, but like you said, he doesn't speak for the whole organization. So maybe he does actually, but yeah. And what we talked about amongst us and what's so frustrating about the situation, what I said at, at the top is that this doesn't seem particularly controversial to me to say, you know, what happened to George Floyd was wrong. Full stop. Like that, that's all like, if they said that, that's something, but in, instead they chose not to say anything. And then uh, I don't even, I still don't think they made an official statement. The second thing that they sent out was a, an email that was again leaked. That was not an official statement by the Knicks, but it was a, a Dolan internal email. Should have just <laughs> been the official statement. Yeah. yeah. It's like, who's, it, it wasn't, hel- a, it wasn't a bad one. Is it not hilarious that they sent another email after the first one got leaked? And then like, did they not <laughs> expect this one to get leaked? Like what's, I mean, that's nothing. And then, uh, I mean, if if you guys really want to, you know, kind of frustrate yourself and hit a pillow about it uh, later, we we stumbled into this in JJR today. And we're, you know, think about that, that what Tom was kind of talking about and, and Greg got a nice rip on the Knicks is that, you know, we have that bare minimum, like just say it was bad and give us the tweet. And how much does that fucking suck at the end of the day that that is our requirement? Like it's that you don't have to give a real statement and, you know, teams are worried about losing fans and stuff if they write Black Lives Matter. And it's like, fuck, this is the problem. The thing is, like, New York Knicks fans are some of the most diverse, like open minded fans out there, I feel like. I mean, New York City is a place built on diversity. Right. This is not a fan base. This is a fan base who's looking for a statement, too. Right. It's not. Uh, you know, it, it just, it doesn't add up. You're not in some like backwards thinking place. This is New York city. Um, yeah, you're not in San Antonio. I didn't say it. <laughs> it would hey, go over hey, pretty hey, easy, hey. generally speaking with the Knicks crowd compared to if you were like somewhere else. And I don't, I, ins- I only insult other States on JJR. Not, yeah, thank not you. here, but Craig, jeez. What? Well, I'm tall. This is what that was what Tom was saying. Yeah, it's good. It was good. It was Middleton and Swartz. Uh, Ken, you want to close it out? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't have much else else to say on the subject um, other than than what we said. And so, no, no, I, I think I've said my piece. Well, and uh, I guess this is the 
<laughs> the basketball start of the podcast. Um, the Knicks don't make the postseason. <laughs> um, it's official. Uh, I know uh, Tom's a little shocked right now. Broke that to him. Um, in a year where they let 22 teams into the postseason, or whatever we're going to call the rest of this format, the Knicks are still not in. Um, they will have, I think, the six best odds in the draft. Um, so, you know, we'll get to draft stuff when we get there. I think I, I saw online it was currently uh, scheduled for October. Um, so, I, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, I don't know. We, we can finally give the kiss to the, the Knicks season. I think um, it just – more disappointed than we thought on multiple levels. Would anyone like to one up that? Bad. I mean, honestly, when they announced that the next season was over, and there's no way any of us cared, and we were all definitely relieved <laughs> that we didn't yeah. have to watch the Knicks play basketball anymore. Nothing, nothing good was happening. Um, so, I mean, we wanted to see some development if they came back. You know, that, again, there's still a pandemic going on, so we we didn't want the Knicks to be part of that. They'd be playing very, very meaningless games, and I mean, you could put out Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, Frank, and I don't know Dennis Smith Jr. for 40 minutes a night, but just there's you know how how much does that really help for eight games that don't mean anything at all? So I guess that's just basketball against NBA players, but hopefully they'll you know hit the weight room practice playing basketball against chairs and then next season we'll be back better than ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the one, the one thing that I have have heard um, people saying is for the teams that don't get to go back, it's kind of a, a, also a hindrance in that, you know, to the extent that you have a young core and you're trying to develop chemistry, these are, you're going a very long time without playing any basketball together, uh, which is a problem. And you're going a very long time without playing competitive basketball at all, which is also a problem. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know how if if or how you could quantify that, but it seems like it's not uh, a great situation for this Knicks to be team to be in when we really want to see them, you know, take steps forwards and forward in their development. And you can make the argument that the Knicks weren't really playing competitive basketball before this. So mm. true. Mm. Knicks won their last game, Tom. It ruined their so. entire lottery thing. So how <laughs> they ruined Vince Carter's career? No, they they. Saved Vince Carter's career by letting him hit that three, but they ruined their own lives by falling behind the the Hawks and the Pistons. That was really cool. That that might have been the highlight of the next season was Vince Carter hitting that three. That was really cool. <laughs> Again, it's certainly up there. Two Mavericks games and Vince Carter making a three. The only three highlights of the season. Ooh, the I've, I I think I've got yeah. Let's let's have a good. This this wasn't in the notes for a segment to have, but let's have a good ad lib segment highlights of the next season uh and this segment was, will be I, brought to you this you started just, it no you just finished it but, that was it no but <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get some real ones uh and this this newly came up segment is brought to you by coverage gear go check out coverage gear if you're a friend of the john boy family you've heard of us talk about them before they have some nick stuff up there i think they have a patrick ewing hat i think they have an rj barrett hat uh they got some nick stickers we and got stuff. nick's yeah, we get we got a few Nick, masks so. too. So what do we work Mask, with? Just hats. If you're, if you're still saving, yeah, I mean coverage gear, Greg. Yeah, that makes uh, that makes sense. I'm, yeah, huh? Yeah, there's sports hats, masks, company. stickers, all sorts of good stuff. You can get pretty uh, much any player you'd want. There's some Charles Oakley hats. I see Larry Johnson hat, Spreewell, which doubles as a J.R. Smith hat. Uh, he was active this weekend. Um, yeah, pretty much any Nick you want, the hats there, the stickers there, not that many masks currently, but you can get anything for basketball, baseball, all the sports have stuff. Um, I recently put orders in for a few baseball hats from guys we've talked to and are friends with now. So, um, did you get a Cole Tucker yeah, hat? Cole Tucker hat, Fuck. Jack Flaherty hat. I want to get one of those. Um, He's awesome. If you're a basketball fan, find out who Cole Tucker is. He's the man. Um, but yeah, go check out Coverage Gear. I think we got a promo code going. John Boy, did I make that up? 
promo code John Boy for 20% off your order. Look at that. Go coveragegear.com. Go check them out. They got stuff. All right. Highlights of the Knicks season. Top of our heads. Greg, what were the couple you just hit a second ago? Uh, the two Mavericks games. Um, okay, Porzingis. Yeah, you're right. Those were, I mean, those are number one by far, for me at least, and I assume for everybody. Uh, but Marcus the Morris just – games I wanted to win. Yeah. Marcus Morris hitting the step back to, to win the, win the yeah. game. Step back three to win the game was just – that was great. I mean, also the Knicks were – the Knicks were like – Fisdale was still coaching back then, so – Oh we're talking God. about like that was this season dude? we're talking about four the four and 22 knicks winning oh both games against the mavericks two of their four two of their four out of 24 26 games was beating the mavericks which is just like the, the only two games the season that actually mattered since none since the season didn't actually matter since they were so bad I cannot believe Fizdale coached this calendar year. That's ins- that's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, does R.J. Barrett have like a signature game? Yes, and th- I'm glad you brought that up because it was my favorite moment of the season was when the Knicks beat the Houston Rockets at home on March 2nd. R.J. Barrett put oh, up yeah. 27 points, five boards, five assists, and a steal, only three turnovers. Um, he shot 10 of 18 from the field, three of eight from three, pretty good Four of seven from the free throw line. Not that great, but I mean, he was a monster, especially I remember just in the second half, I think I even talked about this in the last, one of the more recent talking Knicks podcast, but he just bullied PJ Tucker getting to the rim. And you're like, that's a rookie. Just, just shoving this dude out of the way with his offhand and pj tucker is one of the strongest guys in the league he's the guy that he's like their dream on green type the guy they go to to play small ball five because he's so stout and, and like you can't move him well rj barrett moved him and uh i mean he was he was a, a beast that game so i think that would be my rj barrett highlight game of the season can dave yeah you guys already know what i'm gonna say and i've say it every single time because (laughs) why not but the second to last game of the season guys yes uh frank nilakina put up 20 and 10 (laughs) i don't know if you guys have heard me say this before um my computer's moving a little slow because i poured my water on it but i was Mm. trying to look up his numbers so i'm just gonna blindly talk until i figure that out okay um bbd anything on the top of your head while kenny goes there um, well, without straying too far so Kenny can bounce back to this game, I will go back to whichever one of those Maverick games. And my favorite specific moment from that was when Frank almost uh, dunked on Porzingis and just completely embarrassed him at this party. <laughs> um, <laughs> the dunk didn't go through, but, like, imagine if it did. And that's kind of what being a Knicks fan is. Like, oh, but imagine if the good thing happened. Yeah. All right, so here's his stat line from that game, which they lost, by the way, but that's neither here nor there, because who cares? Uh, he went six for nine from the field, three for five from, from three, five for six from the free throw line, two rebounds, ten assists, two steals, two turnovers. So he was plus 17 in a loss. So that's – I'm happy with that. Look at that. That pleases um, me. Yeah, honestly, the one that's at the peak of my head, and maybe it's just because it was early in the season and I still had energy, but the Bobby Portis win game. Because, like, I kind of talked myself up about Bobby Portis this offseason, and it was like, you know what? Bobby Portis kind of put up numbers in Washington. Are they going to let him play? And then Bobby Portis went off. He had 28 points uh, against his old team, and it was like, all right, man, this this is my dude. These guys are dogs. Remember the, when that was kind of their rally cry? Jake, um, was that the October 28th game? It was against the Bulls. Oh. It was a revenge game, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah, October 28th. So that was another big RJ game, too. So I also love that game. RJ had okay. 19 mm-hmm. points, 15 rebounds, five assists. He was a total monster in that one and, and just two turnovers. So – that was also one of my favorite games. He did play 40 minutes, so we were starting to get some of that Fizdale chatter, like why is he running this 19-year-old right. into the ground? That's kind of when that talk started happening just a week and a half into the season. But 
you know? That was a fun TK highlight in hindsight because we were all like, no, let's watch the good kid play. Like, we, we've wanted this yeah. for so long. <laughs> if, our, if our biggest issue right now is letting R.J. Barrett play a lot, <laughs> then times are good in Nickland. And boy, were we right. Imagine how, when we said it at the time, imagine how upset we would be if RJ was just not getting a lot of playing time and we were sitting here watching this team play basketball and the one player we want to watch isn't playing. Well, and, and the one so. player you want to watch is actually contributing to winning basketball. Like, that's the thing is, is RJ was an integral part to helping them win that game. The, the bigger mm-hmm. bummer would have been if he played 38 minutes and wasn't able to help them win and they end up losing. Like that's not a, a better <laughs> outcome, you know. And I think when you guys say the one guy you want to watch, you're forgetting about the other guy you want to watch, which is Mitchell Robinson, who I think officially broke the field goal percentage record due to the shortened season. He held the record. Uh, I think he needed like 10 or 15 more field goals, but then the season ended, so now he doesn't need him anymore. So I think he's officially the champion um, all-time dethroning Wilt Chamberlain, who has a bunch of other records to fall back on if he's worried about this one. But on and uh, off the court. On hey, and oh, off the court. Uh, what do you mean, I, Tom? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you mean, Tom? Doing so, it. Um, I think Mitchell but, Robinson breaking that record is another reason I think we're all glad the Knicks didn't keep playing. But what I was <laughs> yeah, so true. where I was going with my rambling speech again at trying to find yep. the stats was uh the mellow return game on New okay. Year's Day. Mitchell Robinson, the Knicks, first off, the Knicks won that game by 24. Uh, I think Mello scored like 26 in that game. Um, but Mitchell Robinson, 22 points on 11 for 11 shooting, eight rebounds, one steal, one block. Was that did he have there? There was one game this year, and Kenny, maybe it wasn't that game. But there's one game this year where he had like two unreal dunks, either back to back or something like that. Um, I don't remember which game it was. One, he has three games with 20, 20 points. The Knicks won all of them, by the way. Uh, okay. But I, like I remember one of them. Every single point he scored was there was like, I think it was I think it was the Portland game that it was he scored like had eleven field goals and nine of them were dunks and the other two were like layups on alley oops. Hmm. Yeah, and Frank also held Damian Lillard that game to 5 of 20 from the field. It wasn't all Frank, but I'm going to give it mostly to him. Uh, that, was a, that was a good Frank game. He he was plus 23 in his 23 minutes, had 9 points, 10 assists, so close to that double-double. But, uh, mm. yeah, strong defensive showing from Frank there. And then I got a couple more highlights, believe it or not. I've, yeah. I've also got one. So Do it. Believe it or not, the Knicks at one point won four games in a row this season. Ooh, so could have fooled. That's me. hard to believe, but I don't know if you guys all have a vague recollection of Evan Fournier trying to get off the game-winning shot, and just like tripping or doing something, and the Knicks won that game. So that was a that was a two-point victory against the Magic that I, I vaguely recall being fun. That was their third win during that four-game winning streak. So that was good job, Knicks. Was this like shortly after Fisdale got fired and Miller was brought on? I, I don't remember the timing of this. So this is a this is a little bit in. So they're sixteen oh, and thirty six yeah. after. And uh, I'm sorry to mention, I, I said Fisdale went four and twenty two, but he went four and twenty. A you think I'd remember you. that? But four twenty two <laughs> is four twenty two. Uh oh. oh no! Very nice <laughs> wordplay. Um, I like it. I like B- it. What'd you have, BBD? Uh, the other game, I would well, I guess it's the first game I've shouted out. Um, it was a Sunday afternoon, um, and the Knicks were hosting the Miami Heat. Go, and they bleh, they win by three points, one twenty four to one twenty one. They come back in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Heat forty to twenty seven in the fourth. Just uh, good team win yeah that was comeback that was the other one i had on my list down 10 going into the fourth quarter and the knicks came back i mean regardless of who you root for if your team comes back from 10 in the fourth quarter that's a good game but when you're watching the knicks a team that like if goes down 10 in the first quarter every single game and they were able to come back from down 10 in the fourth quarter it's 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 life-changing really Hmm. 
That was an awesome game. Another RJ Barrett uh, strong yeah. game there. He had 23 points, five boards, five assists. He was actually eight of 10 from the free throw line. You love to see him getting to the free throw line and actually making them. So that was a, that was a very encouraging game. Hmm. Yeah. No, uh, other, other contenders on the list were Fizdale getting fired, <laughs> um, making up a Kevin Knox game that didn't happen, and Julius <laughs> Randle. Um, Steve Mills being fired, too. Mills, that's actually, that's kind of up there. Um, and I, I, my last note I'll, I'll add on this topic is uh, uh, Sunday, March 8th, they played the Pistons at home. It was a win. It was just kind of a tidy win, 96-84. Why that's important to me that was the first weekend I was settled in the city, and I was like, ah, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna go to the game. I'm just I'm tired. I'll I'll go to a Knicks game another time. <laughs> and that's a lesson to everyone: always go to the game if you could go to the game. Love it. Damn. Live felt like life. a little Ray. Felt like a little Ray Romano coming out there. Hmm. Always go to the game. Um. <laughs> What else? Uh, what else do we need? I, I, I had written on our our brief notes that, um, like we've referenced before, now that it's official, I think we can do some some player grades, and maybe we'll do like, you know, half and half episodes. We can rate a player, and then maybe we'll talk about some of the NBA playoff stuff because that might be kind of fun, um, and o- open to other suggestions. And I'm sure there'll be Nick news. Oh, I guess the other thing that should in in a normal world would be the conversation but are we close to getting a coach is like tibbs happening if i were a betting man i'd say tibbs is happening almost feels like it yeah it's uh, the the betting odds released by i don't know bbd to me from some website whatever i didn't fact check him i didn't i said what's that from and then he sent me something and then i was like okay it's It's a different tweet (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah multiple tweets sent these odds out yeah i was like all right someone's putting them out yeah so (laughs) it was tibbs was the favorite so i've I've accepted it mark jackson was second wasn't he so yeah hopefully i should be able to find it yeah man yeah it was uh tom thibodeau with uh with one to two odds was oh. the front runner. Mark Jackson at seven to two. Um, yeah, one Mike to two Miller, is six to one. Kenny Atkinson seven one. Then Van Gundy, Mike Woodson, Patrick Ewing, Becky Hammond, Pat Riley, and Phil Jackson rounded at the list. So one that's to- when it becomes like, um, maybe this list isn't real. Put a little late queso on Phil there. I like that. One to two is like uh, <laughs> done deal ish. This is like kind of. That's not even worth betting on i believe this week they did like put out like reporters like finally put the tweet out that was like it's tiz's job if he wants it i mean that's a big thing too though because we were all like uh we're getting steve kerr we're getting mike uh budenholzer if they want the job and then it's just like no thank you i'll go to like a good basketball team so you know maybe a good basketball team will not have a coach and they'll offer it to tips. Well, there, get- there are the rumors of like uh, the Rockets, Nets. I feel like I'm missing another team that all like have reportedly been interested in Tibbs. So if I were him, I would pick any of those teams first, um, hmm. both for my sanity and just the style of coach he is. It makes more sense. I mean, are, are you guys excited about, about Tibbs? I, I know Jake, he's a, he's a new Britain product. Did you know that? I I did not, Tom, and you know that plays with my heartstrings. I'm not going to be mad about Tibbs. He's a guy with an NBA head coaching past. It's not like a flashy hire. It's not Phil Jackson. It's not Isaiah, some of the bullshit they've done in past years. It's, you know, Tibbs is pretty well liked by his ex-players that he did run into the ground, but, um, again, yeah, he's been out of the – my brain just is screaming Kenny Atkinson. So I guess in a normal world, I'd say it's a terrible hire. But it's it's okay. It's the Knicks, right? I so I think it's a fine hire. Although I do think that his uh, some of his players turned against him. Although I think that was like Jimmy Butler, who's a psycho, and then uh, I think Carl Anthony Towns also was not a fan. But I don't know if it was Towns or Wiggins. But like Butler said, they were soft. So who really cares? 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I just, I just want to see some good basketball. And, you know, the Bulls used to play some good basketball back when he was there. And, you know, the, the Timberwolves had one good, good year with him. So like, I just want to see some good basketball. It's, it's not the worst hire in the world. I'm not, you know, super pumped about it. I'm, you know, I'm numb at this point, you know? I'm pretty down with it. Okay. I like um, that. He's, he's a good coach. You know, brought the Timberwolves to 47 and 35. Like Kenny just mentioned, he had one good year. I mean, obviously there's a 31 and 51 in there and a 19 and 21 partial season when he got fired. But let's only look at the good. Hmm. That's how I evaluate. And, I mean, that, his, his run with the Bulls was great. I mean, those, those teams you wouldn't expect. He had that Bulls team as the number one seed over the Miami Heat all those years. So, when you're rocking with Boozer, Joe Kim, Dang, and Derrick Rose, I mean, that's ben a solid Gordon. roster, but you don't, think, uh, you don't think they're as good as the Miami Heat. Obviously, they lost in the playoffs. But hmm. Greg, didn't they have a guy that – who's – oh, this made me so mad. The Bulls had a guy that was like one of the first ever guard. Oh yeah, dude. I st- I start, but I don't play on this team. He's from Kentucky. Bogans. Yeah. Bogans. Keith Bogans. Bogans. Yeah. Keith Bogans. Exactly. I was. Right. I was like, who's? <laughs> his his stat lines were hilarious. Yeah. Ronnie uh, Brewer. Since... Ronnie Brewer used to do that as well. I think also for the Bulls, and then later for the Knicks. Knicks great. But Keith Bogans was five minutes. Was that too. Uh, remember when the Knicks got Corey Brewer and then cut him, and then he remained in the league for the next ten years. Yeah, it was funny because they cut him and then he signed a multi-year deal with the team. Because usually when you you cut a guy and then they sign like a minimum deal or a 10-day contract, they cut him and then Mavericks were like, well, this guy's a free agent. Okay. Let's lock him up. Uh, The amnesty. Okay. Hey, hey, we had a nice time during the highlights. How about this? I've I've got a litmus test. Hold on. I I have a a Tibbs thing to say. Um, I think I feel like in the past I've generally not been the biggest Tibbs fan, especially for like given where the Knicks are in their development or lack thereof. Um, and uh, and I've been pretty vocal on this program, um, that like I would prefer I would like Kenny Atkinson. I think he's kind of the perfect coach for where the Knicks are, and they're fortunate that the Nets fired him. Uh, but at the end of the day, like it's not Mark Jackson or somebody who like I would despise. Um, so I probably just shouldn't let perfect be the enemy of good. Uh, and, and I can, I can be okay with, uh, with the Tibbs hire if that is the way they end up going, but maybe don't let him like be the GM too. Yeah, definitely don't let him be the GM, but I, and I don't think that's really on the table, but yeah. I'm with you BBD. Like I think there are only so many coaches in this league that actually make like a very positive difference for the team. Like you just kind of hope they don't get in the way and mess everything up. Uh, and that's why I feel like Miller was kind of like that. Like he wasn't a huge plus, but he didn't take a whole lot off the table either. So I wouldn't be bummed if they brought him back, but if that's not going to happen, then Tibbs kind of strikes me as the same type of like old school coach. Um, you, you know, he's a worker, like all the stories about him, like staying up all night, looking at film, like he's, he's going to work really hard. Um, he's, he's kind of the opposite of Fisdale in a lot of ways. I don't think he's a player's coach at all. Um, I, I don't know kind of what sort of relationships he has. I think any positive relationships he has is because just they've won together. Right. Um, and that's, that's a fine basis for relationship too. We learned that in the last dance. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with Tibbs as far as Kenny Atkinson goes. Like, I, I think I'd be happy with that hire, but it, I mean, not much happier than I'd be. Like, it is not a huge difference for me between Atkinson and Tibbs in terms of what, you know, their their coaching levels. I think they're pretty similar. Um, so yeah, as long as they, yeah, if they sign Mark Jackson to be their coach, like, what are we gonna do with this pod? I feel like I'm gonna take a hiatus or something. They, they cannot bring Mark Jackson into the fold. So Tibbs, I'm I'm fine with. All right, I remembered one of my uh, beefs with with Tibbs. Well, okay. I, have, I have two beefs. One is that his let it out. One is that his name is Thibodeau, but his nickname mm. is Tibbs. Like those are two okay. completely different sounds. I don't like it. Um, number two is when was he the coach of of Minnesota? 2015-16 to seven. 2016-17 until halfway through 18-19. So just uh, two and a half seasons. Okay, so the during that time, 2016-2017, Minnesota was dead last in three-point attempts. 
2017-18, it looks like they were dead last in three-point attempts. And 2018-19, they moved up to 26, which I, I assume is because they he left his coach, which tells me that he's not um, a progressive offensive coach in a time when, you know, the value of the three-point pointer is, you know, so obvious. Uh, I, I had a better thought out explanation for this, but I just remembered it and I haven't looked at it since, I don't know, in a month. No, that's a really good observation, Kenny. And I feel like the Knicks have traditionally been at the, at the lower end of three point frequency. So that's a, that's a very valid concern. I don't know what the personnel is going to be, but you know, to, to contrast that Kenny Atkinson is, is huge on, on Jack and threes. I feel like those Nets teams had, were, among the highest in pace and we're always just getting threes up. So there, there's definitely a, a serious contrast there. Yeah, they were jacking threes and dancing. And I had a couple more thoughts. Uh, BBD, did you, did you come up with don't let good be the enemy of perfect or, or what's <laughs> going on there? It's like a, it's like a yearbook quote for me. That's the John boy media motto. Where'd that come yeah. from? Did, well, that's did a, you that's make a, that that's up? A fr- no, that's a phrase. I've heard that. It's pretty, pretty common. Oh, yeah. Not that common jerk. Um, <laughs> trying to think of the other sports time I've. <laughs> anyway, it's more importantly, Corey Brewer, cut by the Knicks, went on to win the NBA championship that season with the Mavericks. Didn't play in the finals, but was on the team. Has a ring. What a what a great what a great life change. <laughs> it, that's tough. And also looking at these uh, the three point stats for his two full seasons, sixteen, seventeen, and seventeen, eighteen. Like they're not even close to second place. They're just they're way behind in threes, which concerns me. Yeah, and I think uh, that is an interesting concern. Like if Tibbs is coming, um, and I clicked his Wikipedia to confirm hard hit in New Britain because I'll I'll always have love for that place. Uh, but his def- his specialty is defense, and I think that probably got overlooked with those Bulls teams uh, because you get focused on you know MVP Derrick Rose, but you had a young, I I mean Luol Dang used to lock people up. Joe Kim Noah. Uh, was a special defender. Um, and this guy, you know, in his coaching career before he took over, um, or, or no, he's uh, his Wikipedia mentioned some defensive stuff, but a guy known for his defense who's been out of the league for a couple years, we're only taking more threes. Um, so it would be it would be nice if Tibbs is hired to have a follow-up story that's like, you know Tom Thibodeau, here's the man that'll be running his offense. Um, that would be good news. And I, I think another sports rule I've been trying to live by of late is what does your opponent not want to see? If you're, you know, if you're the Yankees and you have Mariano Rivera, if you're the other team, you don't want to see Mariano Rivera come in. Um, you know, if, St- if Steph Curry's hit three of his last threes, you don't want to see him shoot another three. Um, and I think if I, if I see another team hired Tibbs and they came to town, I'd be like, Hey, they have, you know, they're probably going to play hard and play good defense. Um, and hey, again, when, when we're talking about kind of our Knicks standard right now, like, I'd take that. I did find another um, note on Tibbs, not to, not trying to change the subject, but it just, I've just noticed it. Sure. Um, and I don't know what the big takeaway should be from this, but I'm looking at his basketball reference and just like his year by year what jobs he's had um and we know he was an assistant coach but that's the longest he's ever had any job was he was an assistant coach for seven years uh no other job he's had he was a Timberwolves assistant Spurs assistant Sixers assistant Rockets and Celtics assistant then he was Bulls head coach for five years uh Minnesota head coach for three but the longest he's had a job before is Nick's assistant coach seven years. Um, and that just stuck out to me. Good. And he'd Maybe said in the past that he always wanted to be the Knicks head coach. I think like the last time the Knicks were doing a hiring. Um, That's who we've been waiting for. Um, good. Uh, I, I, I think I've got a good litmus test for litmus test for this. And, and maybe this would be near where we wrap. Cause I think Atkinson, there's a good argument, you know, Brooklyn kind of brought, built that team up, shot a lot of threes in the same city. Um, 
so you know, I think you could go Tibbs. You could go him over Tibbs if you really wanted to, pretty, with a pretty easy argument. I, you could also argue Tibbs too, but I think for this, would you? One word answer. Would you rather have the Knicks have Thibodeau or Miller as the head coach next year? Miller. I think I'm Tibbs. I'll go Tibbs. No, I'm saying Miller. Like I. You were talking about Atkinson, and then you threw a curveball. I thought you were going to – never mind. Continue. Because that's that's why Atkinson was out. Okay. I think think we could easily make an argument for yes. Miller, I don't know. I I think I would lean Tibbs over Miller just because of the experience. It feels a little bit like a coin flip to me, but at the same time, like, we know what the Knicks kind of look like under Miller, so it's the – it's the whole family guy. Like a boat's a boat. The mystery box could be anything, sort of thing. Like we don't, we don't know. Be a boat. We, we, yeah, we don't know what Tibbs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll say Tibbs too. It's Tibbs for the perf- mystery of it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> In my perfect world, Miller gets one more year, so we could figure it out, and then we could hire Tibbs after that if it didn't work out. <laughs> but you know, I don't. It's just a, a super hypothetical. Let, if you could make vote. Tibbs promise to wait a year. I mean, that's just given the GM Scott Perry a one. job. Given Scott Perry a one-year deal, we do the same with Mike Miller and just say, you know, let's see it. Because, you know, you wouldn't if Tibbs come in, comes in and just does a bad job, you're just like, damn. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I kind of have the same, like, mentality with it that Greg has. Cause, and the other part that is kind of a mental hurdle for me a little bit is that, like, we have Miller now, and we certainly don't know that he's bad. So, and I can't get over, like, just that that same old Knicks feeling of, like, we have a guy that might be good, and we're just right. kind of, like, giving up on him. It's not like you can really bring him back under the same role, because, like, as is, he was kind of the defensive assistant coach, was my understanding. Um, and that's what Tibbs would be in charge of. So, you really wouldn't yeah. – you wouldn't be able to bring him back, and he could be good. So. Yeah. And Mike oh, Miller, he 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 went seventeen and twenty seven with it. He went seventeen and twenty seven with the team that Fizdale went four and twenty with. So, you know, and that's with a partial part of that was after trading the Marcus Morris, their best player. So, maybe he was a good coach. And yeah. part of that was after being just kind of handed the job in the middle of the year without presumably that much warning. Hmm. And we I mean, don't really know what the roster is going to look like next yeah. season right like it's not gonna be the same crew coming back I just, I just the next rule is you have to replace at least nine players no matter what <laughs> it's like fantasy yeah. football you can keep two but everyone else has yeah. to go um I don't, the rule is bringing in old chicago bulls guys so we're gonna have to keep Gibson Gibson staying in. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i am on board with greg's plan to to keep to keep uh, Miller on for a year because I think, I mean, I think that they're going to be bad next year. And like, if they're bad next year, there's going to be a lot of people clamoring about, about Thibodeau and the job that he's doing, like, just because that's how it is with the Knicks. So like, it's, I mean, it's, you're putting someone in a bad position. Like, I, I just don't see a situation where they're a good team next year. I like, I like hiring Miller for this season and on the same day, you hire Tibbs for the next season. <laughs> if Miller's if Miller's good, you just fire Tibbs, and that it was part of the investment. If Miller sucks, Tibbs is ready to go. He's been gearing up. Now we're onto something. That's uh, get, get Dolan on the line. Some Eat Jerry Krause stuff that. right there. <laughs> same, same same physique. Uh, <laughs> They, uh, yeah, and as, as you guys mentioned, and I'm reading this from the New York Post, which I'll assume is right, the Knicks could have eight free agents uh, with five players, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington, Alfred Payton, and Reggie Bullock holding team options, and Alonzo Trier, Mo Harkless, and Dame Dot guaranteed to be free agents. Did we know that Trier and Dotson were guaranteed to be free agents? Is that unrestricted? No, I think they're both no, they're restricted. restricted. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, that. Because yeah, when I was reading that, I lost my breath for a second. Like, oh, so they're gone. <laughs> guys, that might be that might be something. Um, guys, we wanted to watch. 
Yeah. I'm over Trier, to be honest with you guys. But Dotson, I've been a big fan of since day one. But you're only yeah. over Trier I'm, because I'm over... he doesn't play at all. Yeah. That's true. I'm over Trier, yeah, because the Knicks clearly are over him for <laughs> yeah, some so reason, no. even though he has been pretty good every time he's played <laughs> and all of last season. Yeah, that's us. We're like, ah, I guess I give up on him too since <laughs> I have to. I have no other choice. <laughs> But one thing Kenny said that I'll push back a little bit on is the fact that if Thibodeau did a bad not, – not if he did a bad job. If the Knicks lost a lot of games with Thibodeau as the head coach, that there would be a lot of conversation around how he's performing as a coach. And that, that would be true under some circumstances. But I also think that if Thibodeau is doing things the right way as far as, you know, playing the young guys together or just putting the young guys in positions to be successful and, like, playing them reasonable amounts of minutes and running an offense that makes some sense. And just like having sets that, that put guys in positions to use their strengths. Then I don't know that the, the results and the losses piling up would be as big of a deal. I think that, I mean, with Fisdale, it was just such a, just nothing he did made sense. And a lot of that, you know, Mike Miller didn't win a ton of games, but I didn't feel like there was a ton of heat coming for him. Granted he was the interim head coach. So it's a little different situation, but at the same time, as long as what your as long as your decision making process holds some water, I don't think that the Knicks media will be um, too crazy about about it. If even if Thibodeau's record isn't so good, I think I mean, he, has, he has he has to at least outpace the twenty one and forty five pace we were on this year. So there has to be a little progress, otherwise we'll we'll all be like no. Maybe I don't know how reasonable that is, just because of the like we said, this team we is going to be entirely different. But at the same time, like I, there is something to that. Yeah, I could I could see Barrett and Beal playing really well together though. So, um, again, Nick's time to start going to fantasy land and make up your fake trades, pretty much. Um, we kind of did it, guys. We made it through a full Nick season. Um, <laughs> cheers to us. Um, and yeah, like, like we said, keep, keep tuning in Tom. I, uh, one, one last cheeky joke, as you mentioned, uh, you know, as long as Thibodeau <laughs> kind of is a head coach, Knicks fans won't care about the wins or losses. And it's, uh, it's kind of true. Cause we also now have the standard <laughs> to not care about wins or losses. And, uh, you know, Hey, uh, uh, the start of this episode was about caring about stuff too. So go. Um, you know, if you enjoyed the Knicks stuff and you didn't enjoy the early stuff, well, maybe, maybe think about what it really was, um, and go get involved, go have conversations like we did. It was, it was good talking to you boys. Uh, you're all, you're all beautiful. Um, follow talking Knicks, follow everyone. Uh, any, any final word? Punch it. Five star reviews are cool. If you want, that'd be cool too. That'd be cool, too. Um, check out Talking Knicks. We'll be on your feed. Player stuff. Some of the NBA playoff stuff because you're a fan of that. And uh, let's go Knicks. Take.